Masonic Life Podcast. This is Past Master Moyer calling in with my review of episode 82 with Brother Barry Banks. Jack Harley, that's quite a story, an experience you had on your vacation in Maine. I, I can't imagine what it's like to almost die twice. You better get that uh, daughter-in-law something really special at Christmas time. Glad you uh, didn't succumb to the your follies in the water. Let's see, what else did I have? Everything was very very good. The uh, interview with Barry was very interesting. Enjoyed uh, his talk about how he got involved with Freemasonry and the amount of effort he had to put into it versus uh, the lodge. Maybe Pennsylvania should take a cue from that. Stevens Lodge Business Brief was good. I enjoyed the uh, tip from the crypt with Tim Dedman. And I guess the last thing, of course, I have to pick on Larry. Larry, I appreciate your mentioning my name when you were discussing uh, our adventure in Milwaukee. But then you went downhill very, very quickly when you offered advice to that newly raised Master Mason, I believe in Georgia, when you said take a nap, sleep on it, and think about it later. Because then you must have taken a nap because towards the end of the episode when they asked you if it was rabbit season or hunting season, you had no clue where you were at. So once again, Maris, you are a putz. Talk to you guys soon. Bye. From the new recording lair located deep beneath the Wine and Spirit Store in Ephrata, Pennsylvania. You're listening to the Masonic Light Podcast. Studio 665 presents Masonic Light Podcast. This show is recorded by Masons, for Masons, and is for entertainment purposes only. And please... No wagering. This podcast is not endorsed by any Grand Lodge, and the ridiculous ramblings of the hosts are their own. And now, here's your host. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 86. 86. 86. Larry, wake up. <laughs> episode 86 <laughs> I've been noticing how long we've been in the studio and I first for, for the first time I've seen baseboard heating going all the way around how come it doesn't work <laughs> it didn't have an opportunity to you had the other ones on 94 you don't even have a thermostat in this room I mean, how it... <laughs> you know that's a good question I have no idea how to turn that on <laughs> <laughs> All right, well. Where's Jack Harley when you need him? We have to pay extra for that. So, hey, everybody. Welcome. <laughs> episode 86. And uh, we've got a, actually two guests in studio today, so it's going to be a really good show. We have uh, brothers uh, Rick Santella and Steve Morrison. Um, the main focus of the show is going to be High 12 International. What's but we may get some Valley of Philadelphia questions in here, too. So um, welcome, so guys. Um, Thank you. Thanks for having us. So kind of the, the, the rack, ram, I don't know, the stupid format we use because we don't know anything better. We just go quick. We'll go around. If you've had anything cool go on in the past couple of weeks, Masonically, uh, just tell us what you did. And then we'll go to a commercial. And then we'll come back and do an interview. So, Tim, you go first. Uh, what have you been up to? Well, the coolest thing was at our last stated meeting of Eureka West Shore Lodge number 302, which was on the first Monday of the month, as secretary, I actually read 10 petitions. Um, <clears throat> three of them were for initiation and membership, and seven were transfers. 
Um, and the significance of that is... Uh, uh, have, so you're taking my advice to yes. grow your lodge, your poaching That's right. other lodges? That we're poaching other lodges, big time. Uh, no, actually, um, in November, that's the time if you're going to transfer in the state of Pennsylvania, uh, that's the night you want your petition read because uh, it has to lay over a month and voted on in December, and you don't generate a dues obligation in your former lodge. And so when guys come in in February and March and whatever, I'm like, you can do this, but you're going to owe double dues for a year. Or I, you can just come back and see me in November, and we'll make it happen that way. So, so you're gaming the system. We're gaming the system. All right, that's how do you get on the bad list at the? <clears throat> well, that's all right. We're keeping the finances all good. So, all right, that's the big thing. All right, uh, Rick, what do you have? What have you been up to the past couple of weeks in uh, Masonically? You're probably doing a lot of travel with the uh, High Twelve. Doing a lot of traveling, getting to see the sites out in the uh, Pennsylvania area. Um, yesterday we had our stated meeting at Gerard Mark Lodge, which, if you don't know, is the Mark Lodge. Um, and we're gearing up for Saturday. We're having a big reunion at Valley, Philadelphia, uh, this Saturday morning. Nice. And, uh, Steve, what do you have going on? Well, I'm pretty much the same as Rick. I'm the secretary of Gerard Mark Lodge. We had our stated meeting last night. Um, our worshipful master's having some health issues, so our senior warden's taking over for the rest of the year. And, uh, but he's doing a good job. And our Mark Lodge... We have a lot of New Jersey Masons. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, our, our current worshipful master, <laughs> or our acting worshipful master, I should say, it's always interesting when he opens the lodge because he, he informs the pursuivant. The pursuivant. The pursuivant. see the Tyler. So that's always. Is that the Cerno right? Or what are we? Well, it's the New Jersey right. <laughs> so, and then as, as Rick said, we have our Scottish Rite reunion on Saturday. <laughs> We're doing the uh, 14th, 15th, 16th, excuse me, 14th, 15th, 18th, and 32nd degrees. Nice. Because we started back in October. We did the 4th and the 13th in our new Masonic or Scottish Rite Education Committee. They're going to do a presentation after the 14th degree, linking the 13th and 14th together. It's, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing so that. So that would be the 27th degree. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Larry? Not a whole lot, Pete. I've been kind of decommissioned with having dental surgery a couple of weeks ago. and so I've Have been, you lost any weight from not eating? Yeah, I really have two pounds. Can you believe that? No, no, Jeez. I can't. I can't. <laughs> you know, when all you can eat is noodles and soup, you don't, you're not going to gain any weight. Okay. Did you... Uh, I do goose and gridiron last week. Yeah, goose week. and gridiron. That's a, I don't even like to talk about it because it's. Did you go to high twelve last week? No, I did not. Well, that's thanks. We're, we're going <laughs> to really tease us up well for the show tonight. Go, going to breakfast and then going to high twelve about two and a half hours later is a little bit much. So. We're gonna work on them. I'm just happy he remembered the name of the high twelve club. <laughs> <laughs> Only because you remembered it. <laughs> <laughs> I only. I can't even. I don't even know when I was here last. <laughs> you were here at the last show. So, or was I? Did I talk about Erie? No, I was in Erie for Grotto. Oh, yes, I missed, you did. Okay, yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I was. Uh, there's, you know, it, it's it's Erie. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. um, last weekend, I was with a bunch of Masons down in Baltimore, which was a good time. Um, I'm getting ready also for uh, reunion season. Larry, you're in what the 16th, 17th, and I'm in the 16th. You're in the 16th. Yeah, so I'm I'm like a shrub or something. I don't have a speaking part. <laughs> and you and I are going to be crazy because mine goes on at one fifteen supposedly, and till that's over with, maybe about. And we got to I got to fly home right after that to to get ready to go to the uh, York Grand Hall Ball. Grand Hall Ball. Oh. Yeah, and I think I'm also going to play the part of the candidate for the Rose Croix, um, something. So 
I'm in the fifth and thirty second coming up. So, so at least I don't have to wear I don't have to wear tails. I'll either be in my costume or I'll be in just a business suit, which is nice. Josh, what do you have going on? Uh, well, I I joined Grotto. Yes, you did. Hey, he was the <clears throat> exemplar. Yeah, I was. How, how did you like our our thespianism? Oh, it was fun. <laughs> okay, I like it. That sounded convincing. Yeah. yeah. No, it was, it was it was great. It was it, it was fun, right? Yeah. Everything you imagined. Oh yeah. yeah. That reminded me. I did go to Grotto. Yeah, we were all in Grotto. <laughs> I don't remember too much. I I, I picked up uh, Victor Mann, who is the <clears throat> grand, not captain of the guard, grand master of Ser- grand venerable prophet this yeah. year. I picked him up at the train station, and I showed him all the good sights of Lancaster County. And then we showed up, so I, I, I missed a lot. <laughs> you were there. Yeah. So we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about maybe one of the lesser-known Masonic organizations. Um, but we hopefully it'll be more well-known when we're done. High 12 International. Thank you. At the historic Smithton Inn of Ephrata, Pennsylvania, we're pleased to serve the latest creations from Weathered Vineyard Winery along with spirits from Thistle Finch Distillery in Lancaster. All to be experienced in the tasting room of a beautifully restored 18th century bed and breakfast. Cigars by DNS Cigar are available for your enjoyment in the courtyard. The historic Smithton Inn is convenient to Lancaster County's most interesting attractions. Just minutes from the Ephrata Cloister and the Green Dragon Farmer's Market. And a short drive can get you to charming Lidditz, thriving downtown Lancaster, as well as Hershey, Bird in Hand, and Intercourse, or Valley Forge and Gettysburg. Whether you're looking for a romantic getaway or an active vacation full of sightseeing and attractions, the historic Smithton Inn will be a welcoming oasis from everyday life, one that you'll want to visit again and again. Stop in and visit at 900 West Main Street in Ephrata, Pennsylvania, or check out our website at historicsmithtoninn.com or simply call us at 717-733-6094. Just ask for Passmaster Dave. And we're back. Welcome back, everybody. Um, so in our studio today, we have uh, brothers Rick Santella and Steve Morrison. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. Um so, Rick, can you tell uh, our listeners a little bit about High 12? I'm so glad you asked me that question. <laughs> <laughs> it's a surprise that I asked you. Yes. It's very insightful. Yeah. Um, High 12 is an organization, a Masonic organization. It's more uh, considered the social uh, element of Freemasonry, uh, where we gather together in fellowship at uh, any restaurant or location or venue of our choice. Uh, any Master Mason is welcome to attend. Uh, we we ask that they bring their ladies with us. And one of the good things about it is is no ritual involved. So what we're finding is we have a lot of Master Masons who want to get the experience of leadership in a venue, and they can go through and become a club president and gain that experience before they go on to Blue Lodge chapter, council, what have you. Um, what we uh, uh, what we uh, 
represent is we do uh, youth group support through Dima Lay, Job's Daughters, and Rainbow. And one of our signatures uh, is we support what's called the Walcott Foundation. Uh, Walcott Foundation was started by the founder of High 12, Wally Walcott, and it provides fellowships for those who have um, interest in government uh, service. So they award the fellowships to these Walcott recipients, and I think the average GPA is like 3.8 to even get considered with this. Uh, and the stipulation is uh, you have to serve at least uh, two to four years of government service afterwards. So we're big with that. Um, also, in the state of Pennsylvania, we have a unique uh, charity that we started just a couple of years ago called the High 12 Ian Society, where the money raised from that, the income generated from that, supports our travel expenses for the youth groups. Uh, so we're doing a lot of um, uh, work out there raising money for Walcott and for the High 12 Ian. Rick's done a lot with High 12 Ian. Matter of fact, uh, when it first started, what were we like seven thousand dollars or something like that? And you've three. got a, you've got a, three thousand. He's got up to fifteen over fifteen thousand dollars. Wow! So this just is, on his own going out doing so this for the Demolay kids traveling to other Demolay chapters or for so their annual con- key man convention stuff like that. Oh, very for cool. rainbows and Jobies too. Very nice. So I mean, and um, obviously with a name like High Twelve, do all chapters meet at noon? They don't have to. Uh, it started that way way back in 1921 uh, you know, for High Noon, but uh, the, the flexibility we love about High 12 is it doesn't have to be at 12 o'clock. It can be at, at, we do have some clubs that meet in the early evenings. It could be any day of the week. It could be on a Saturday. You don't necessarily have to dress up for these meetings. And we just love, we find that the most success we have with a lot of our clubs is when they invite the ladies. Uh, we usually get double, triple attendance when the ladies are involved with these clubs. Is there an age thing involved? Any restrictions? Or Just have to be a Master Mason in good standing. That's it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, that Larry and I are in a local High 12 chapter. I believe it's James Buchanan High it 12. It is. Um, and we meet on Thursdays at noon. Um, so do most chapters meet on weekdays? So, I mean, if they do, I'd imagine it's mainly retired folks or... Well, it, that's a good question. Um, a lot of it is retired. A lot of it is um, individuals that uh, have an hour to spare during the day if they're in the local area where they work. Uh, we find that out in the Liberty Club. A lot of the members there work in Center City, so they just you know take the bus or just walk on over, have a hour meeting, go back to work. Um, a lot of people that can't drive at night love coming in here, and especially you know with the ladies, uh, they get to enjoy you know the hour with that too. What would you say is one of the biggest challenges with uh, with High Twelve right now, or what what's, what have you faced uh, that you didn't expect before you were in charge? I can tell you what the biggest challenges are. Uh, okay, because I've been in the line for a couple of years, so I've seen a lot of the things that I knew I was going to face. Um, and one of it is like any organization, especially in, in Masonic, uh, you need to maintain growth to to stay viable. Um, and the other is name recognition. So what I've done this year is uh, I've made a, several appointments just to be able to help get the word out. And you know as well as I do, you need to attract the youth. Um, 
So what we've done is, since we do support the youth groups, uh, I've appointed uh, Brother Ken Shin as the state youth representative. And what he does is he's very active in the youth groups. He goes out, he talks about High 12. We attend a lot of their functions together. And through that, a lot of the advisors from these youth groups have approached him and asked to join some of the local High 12 clubs. So we're getting, uh, you know, we're getting uh, our name out there. Uh, we've done at least a half a dozen uh, presentations in front of Blue Lodges, um, and we're getting at least uh, hopefully a couple of new clubs up and running within the next couple of months. They've shown a lot of interest in that. Um, and one of the things that you know we talked about earlier is the members, the youth members, they're into the uh, iPods, they're into all the social media. So sitting beside me is uh, Brother Steve Morrison, who we I appointed as the communications director. Now, Steve runs the Valley Facebook sites and the uh, websites, and he's he's excellent at this. So I have asked him to help me out during this year, and uh, we have a, a Facebook site, we have a um, a website started, and we find a lot of people now are starting to come to him and say, "Hey, can you post this on uh, you know about our High Twelve Club and get the word out?" So we're doing that. We should get him to be our new marketing director. Yeah, Tim, you're fired. <laughs> I don't come cheap, but um, and also what I'm trying to do is since everybody nowadays has a, uh, a phone number, uh, I'm, I've I started uh, delving into call em alls. Uh, so I've played with that a few times, and it's. Yeah, you'd be surprised. A lot of people haven't been reached before. Like, well, that. you were saying like, um, as soon as uh, you do the call them all, you start getting calls with people wondering who you are. Yeah, this is one of the great feedbacks. You, you, if you have a list of 650 names and you put them on the call them all list, uh, 400 go out, 150 or so come back, and then you get like 10 minutes after the call them all comes out, I get about a string of 25 calls and they'll call me up. Who's this? And uh, <laughs> you know, so at least you get to talk to people you haven't talked to in a while. So that's that's a good plus out of it. Um, that was actually a learning from our Blue Lodge. We uh, sometimes tell our worshipful master coming in that when he does his first call them all, don't answer your phone for the hour after you do the call them all. Uh, yeah, I had one guy uh, called me up after call me. He goes, what are you trying to sell me? So it just <laughs> it's, it makes for an interesting couple of minutes afterwards. So now you're president of High 12 Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Um, is is High 12 in all the states? We are. We have 12 states uh, that we have High 12 club associations, and there's also six states that are considered independent. We're also in three uh, countries. We're in Japan, uh, United Kingdom, and Italy. So we're starting to get the word out there a little bit more. Pennsylvania, uh, I'm proud to say, is one of the larger state associations. So it makes for it easier when we walk into a you know, we have a little bit of an extra sway when we walk in some of the uh, international meetings. Looks like you have about 16 clubs across the state. 15 right now. 15. But uh, I'm glad you brought that up yeah. because uh, I just got word yesterday that one of our charters came through for a new club in the, uh, the naval base. Uh, we'll be out there installing them on December 3rd. So that'll be our 16th. And I'm guessing just because geography would be Philadelphia? Naval base? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Not North, the Northeast the Naval base and uh, the Gap Lighthouse. <laughs> Not the one in the Allegheny Monongahela. Yeah. Well, I mean, Lighthouse. I don't know. The War of 1812. Big submarine base there. Off the Susquehanna. <laughs> so, um, so that being said, um, if there's areas that don't have a high 12, and some, if gentlemen are looking to start a new club, um, they can reach out to the office and 
learn the requirements and all that stuff? Well, one of the other things I've done is um, Pittsburgh has a huge Masonic presence, and they only have two clubs out there right now. So I've, uh, I've asked two uh, brothers to become ambassadors for that area. And until I get out there after the holidays, they're working it. Now they're doing presentations in their Blue Lodge. They're attending uh, some of the, like the Dima Lay out in Pittsburgh. Um, they're getting word out. And from what I last heard, he's close to getting another club started out there. We did, um, I, you know, Ken Shin, our youth representative, did a, a, an interactive map that's on our website and our Facebook. And it shows all the areas where the youth groups have uh, clubs versus the high 12. And there's a lot of gaps there, which creates a lot of opportunity for us to do that. Yeah, I know, Larry, um, one of your first retirement jobs was with SCORE, um, which, what does that stand for? Uh, Service Corps of Retired Executives. Yeah, so I mean, I really do think that, you know, High 12 could offer some, you know, really good coaching for some of the kids, you know, that there's a lot of knowledge there since it, in the group has a lot of retired folks, you know. Absolutely. Especially ours. <laughs> so yeah, just, just remember, we're right across the street from the home. <laughs> So, yeah, our local High 12 is right across from a retirement community called Brethren Village. So that helps with attendance, but it also – it's a little more senior. We, we You have a terrific turnout in that club. I've, I was there, and you get a very nice turnout. It's one of the better ones I've yeah. seen. Yeah, we do. Congratulations. And the, the, um, <clears throat> the diner where we meet, um, they have a nice program, too, where I believe 10% of our checks they donate to uh, a Masonic charity. So I don't know whether high does high twelve have their own card. I think their, so. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, like, if you have like the, you can pick one, but can, the Scottish Rite or D Malay. But at the high twelve, I guess that's where some of that money will go to one of your charities. You remember Bob Marr went around the county and sold that program. Yes, he did. He's a good Jeez. man. <laughs> so now you guys are involved in pretty much all the same stuff we are, but just a little clo- further east being in Philadelphia. So you're both in the Valley of Reading. I mean, Valley of... Uh, I'm sorry. Oh, I always say that. Try that again. Wow. The Valley go, of Philadelphia. That's not going to go over well. <laughs> the, the Valley of Philadelphia. We've heard of them. We've heard of them. Um, and then, Rick, you're also... Uh, are you, You're an officer in uh, council? Uh, past thrice illustrious master. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, what, anything else we, you guys are involved in? Because it seems like people that are involved are involved in everything. Well, what I'll tell you won't even compare to what Steve's going to tell you, but, uh, you know, past master, past high priest, past thrice illustrious master, uh, officer in the 18th degree line at Valley of Philadelphia. I'm also a member of Grotto, Shrine, AMD, Knight Masons, uh, and a few other things. Don't look at uh, me. I don't carry your lot. discords. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it weighs me down. Um, and Steve here is just, you know, I'd like to also mention that Steve not only is a 33rd, but he was just awarded a couple months ago the uh, Distinguished Service Medal from the Sovereign Grand Commander. Oh, wow. So, uh, Congratulations. He likes to remind me of that every day, too. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, you I know, we had Dave Glatley on the show, too. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so, you know, he's the one that worded guy. Yeah. So we'll confirm. We'll, we'll, I'll call him tomorrow, and I'll, I'll, I'll see if. Yeah, I'm tired of hearing every day. Do you have DSM after your name? <laughs> I never. Well, you see know, this that. show can help. We've learned that uh, it's kind of the pathway to thirty thirds. Right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, maybe we Jeff can, Moyer and uh, Brian Hill on the show, and John Cook. Yeah, John all Cook. got him this recently. <clears throat> so. It pays to be here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <You're next. laughs> 
<laughs> Mark that date. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's take a quick break, and we're going to come back, and we'll talk a little bit more to our guests. Why choose George J. Grove & Sons for your next home improvement project? At George J. Grove & Sons, we've built our reputation on quality and trust for more than 50 years. For planning to materials to installation, George J. Grove promises a home improvement experience second to none. Whether your goal is reducing energy costs, decreasing maintenance, updating curb appeal, or simply increasing the value of your home, the George J. Grove team will recommend and provide solutions that stand the test of time. Call 717-393-0859 for an estimate or visit us at georgejgrove.com. We're back, and uh, so um, Rick, tell us a little bit more about um, what's the President's Club. President's Club is for those who want to enjoy all the benefits and features of High Twelve, um, but can't get to any club. And I'll give you a good example. I have a, a friend of mine, Rich, who I've known forty six years, lives in Delaware, works in New Jersey. He came out to our uh, annual in May. He was so impressed with the fellowship and the camaraderie that he wanted to sign up. So he is a President's Club member. He gets all the features and benefits. He can go to any high 12 club at any time. And if at some point his work schedule gets a little bit better for him, he can attach himself to a you know local club if he wanted to. And, and Steve, so you're, you're the communications director. So tell us a little bit more about some of your things that you've, you've done or you have going on. Well, I take care of the, the uh, PACOD website, which is PA, excuse me, I said COD, didn't I? Yeah. PAHigh12.org. I take care of their website as well as the uh, Facebook page. Our Facebook page right now has a name that we need to change. It's uh, uh, Member Clubs of Pennsylvania High 12. We're just going to change that to be PA High 12 probably sometime this weekend. We'll take, get that taken care of. But what we do there is I uh, put on, we ask the, all the clubs to give us information. And so we can post it on the Facebook group or on the website to get people to go out, to go out and attend, attend their club meetings. Um, so far, we're getting some resistance on that because a lot of the older fellows, they don't do Facebook, they don't do websites because they're afraid they're going to get a virus or whether their credit's going to get hacked or whatever. That's an issue we continue to face. But um, we, we look to do that. We, As Rick said, we're supporting the Masonic Youth, and he means Ken Shin. Ken's wife, Tara, is kind of like his, uh, his assistant. And Tara will send me. Now, I'm the Valley Secretary of the Valley of Philadelphia, as we said, and um, I'm quite busy because I'm a one-man show. I don't have a big office like Harrisburg or Reading has. I'm just one one guy. And I'll get texts all day from Tara, post this, post that, post that. And it's all these rainbow, Malay, Job Daughter events. And one time I said to him, I said, you know, you got to uh, tell Tara I'll do it, but she's got to give me a break once in a while. I said, because I got other things I get done for the Valley. I'm getting all these text messages from her. So he calls her up and says, hey, leave my communications director alone. I, I get a text message five minutes later, snitches get stitches. I'm like, yeah, thanks a lot. So, so I, I had to mention Tara because I know she's going to listen to this and she'll be very upset if we don't mention her by name. So Tara, you've been mentioned. Um, but uh, that's what we're doing right now. We're trying to expose uh, High 12 a little bit more on the Internet and get people you know, more information about what it's about. Because the one thing Rick has said to me when we first started doing this, when he was getting ready to be president, he said he wanted to see more growth. And, and not necessarily membership growth, but more club growth. Get more clubs going on. 
because um, we, you know, there's 16 clubs in the state. There could be a heck of a lot more if you can figure the space from the areas, especially like in the Harrisburg area. I mean, when, right before he became president, Harrisburg surrendered their charter. Mm-hmm. And that's a large, I mean, like I said, being Secretary of the Valley of Philadelphia, I know what the Valley of Scottish Rite in Harrisburg's like. That's a lot of members. They could probably get more than one club up and running in that area. And I know all those state employees aren't doing anything. They have plenty of free time. Well, you see those guys on the turnpike all the time leaning on shovels. I mean, come on. you got right. you, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, now we talked about we're trying to we're trying some new new approaches. We're gonna we're gonna talk talk to the shrines because you know you got all clubs and units in the shrine. Why not get a Hive Twelve club out of a shrine? You know we're talking about maybe going to lodges and have your own lodge form its own Hive Twelve club. It's like it's almost like a daylight lodge, but more relaxed. Mm-hmm. We're looking at doing that. Uh, there's a group of brothers down in Philadelphia that've been trying since uh, right Worshipful Past Grandmaster Ed Weiser was in office to get a Spanish speaking lodge going, and they're still. In the formation status, they haven't been able to get the lodge up and running. And Rick and I talked about that. And we, you know, I said, hey, why don't we approach those guys? Maybe they could get a, a Spanish High 12 up, and that could eventually morph into the lodge. And that would actually give the High 12 some, quote, unquote, street cred, because we're going to actually make it show that High 12 is helping masonry. So it's, it's just that we're trying, we're, we're looking at all different kinds of ideas. Anything's, you know, something new, if nobody's explored it before or so thought about it, we're going to do it. Larry, why don't you make the Goose and Gridiron the uh, the Mountville High 12? There you go. Uh, well, to be formal. <laughs> we, we did a presentation about a week ago up in Warminster, and uh, Prince Hall was there. And so I approached them afterwards, and they're very big on the concept of establishing a High 12 within Prince Hall. So once they get the go-ahead from their Grand Lodge, uh, I think we're going to see some activity with that, too, which is going to be fantastic. Yeah, that was always one of my questions about any of the appendant bodies. If we could, um, you know, just say like Rado, if we would be able to admit Prince Hall brothers. But there's because it's a national organization, there's other states that don't recognize Prince Hall. Not that many. I think right now Arkansas is like the only holdout. Okay. Yeah. Because I know um, uh, New York, um, yeah. New York Grotto takes Prince Hall members, and it's it's great. Because, you know, we have so many men that we're all involved in the same things. It'd be nice literally to meet new new guys yeah. that were, you know, they could probably live next door to me. I never knew they were a Mason. Right. You know? mm-hmm. Um, and the Prince Hall brethren tend to be very enthusiastic, okay. and if you can get them involved, you know, you just you're, that's going to be growth. That's why we're talking about getting the Prince Hall High Twelve up and running. And you were, you were mentioning earlier um, the charity um, that you said that I and you don't want to give them any any credit here, but uh, you said that Rick's done a good job with increasing the, the for the High Twelveian. Yeah, he's he, he, everywhere he goes, he talks about it, and he always walks away with a donation from a lodge or whatever, chapter or wherever he talks about it, he, or, and even members because it costs a hundred dollars to join the High Twelveian Society, and you get a certificate from. And I know Larry's <laughs> got a thing about certificates, but you get a certificate, and you also get a nice lapel pin that identifies. Oh, we like lapel pins. Well, there you yeah, go. We're so that yeah. explains why every time I walk into a Blue Lodge, a treasurer's duck. Yeah, because he's always like, give me money for I twelve, but no, he's he's doing great with it. He's like I said, we were at three thousand dollars. He's raised over fifteen thousand in his in just two years. He's done and, that. And you were, and that all goes towards the youth and travel. The travel expenses for the youth groups. Yep. Yes, very yep. neat. The youth, because he goes to all their annuals. Like he he goes out to uh, Altoona every year for the Job's daughters and the Rainbow events and. Uh, and I understand the building out there is it, their meetings in July or August, and the building's not air conditioned. No, oh, crazy. You know, like, I'm sorry to our friends in Altoona. I don't think they have internet, so I think it's fine. Uh. <laughs> but what could be worse than Altoona? Altoona with no air conditioning. Uh, well, 
Well, I, I guess they get cheap hotels. Uh, yeah. It's well, like $12 a night to stay there. He doesn't stay. He drives out and drives back. Home. <laughs> he got pulled over. He got pulled over in a Jersey Turnpike by a state trooper. He wanted to know oh, he's doing a white, di- okay. white dinner jacket coming back at like 2 in the morning. He's like, I'm driving back from high, from high 12, or from doing a high 12 presentation at the Pennsylvania State Job's Daughters Convention in, uh, in Altoona. And the state trooper says, you know. That's ridiculous enough for me to believe. <laughs> <laughs> it worked. <laughs> uh, we could do. I think we thank, could do. Thank you for going there. Have a nice way. night. Drive safely. Yeah, yeah we Coming could probably. Down, no Coming problem. Down when you can't stay as long. No problem. <laughs> we could do a whole show on, just on uh, guys getting pulled over and the stories we tell. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we, there's a lot of um, upcoming events uh, for. Um, for high 12 uh, do you have them memorized or uh i do uh immediately coming up is next wednesday november 20th we're having our uh, quarterly meeting at shady maple and for those if you've never gone to shady maple uh the food alone is worth it and i'm bringing my wife so i know my budget's going to be uh blasted on that they have a shopping center down below it's about a football field long yeah yeah so I, and if you folks that are like out of the area shady maple i believe is the world's largest smorgasbord breakfast theme park. Oh, yeah. Whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Feeding trough. I, I like that, Josh. Breakfast Mountain. <laughs> so I guess it makes sense why we're getting such a huge turnout for the quarterly. Down there. It's the only place you can get mashed potatoes, buttered noodles, buttered grits, and uh, what else? Uh, just total starch. Well, now they've added stations where you can get steak cooked anyway, mm-hmm. omelet stations. So they've they're really up their game a lot more. I do remember they made national news a few years ago. Um, if you had, you can get a discounted price if you recently had the bariatric surgery. <laughs> <laughs> they did. There was a discounted price because they you, know, you can't goes eat against as much. <laughs> well, no, they can only eat like I don't know a little itty bitty pocket full of something. Burst the belt there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you go there. You just might as well open a vein and pour the cholesterol right yeah. directly in. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's local, Larry. Yeah, yeah. It is. We can probably go out and try and interview people between bites. <laughs> There you go. Uh, so, um, and, so what's there, beyond that? I'm sorry. Was there, the, there was something else going, wasn't there? Oh yeah, the uh, the next quarterly we have scheduled is February 19th of next year. We're going to be at the Valley of Reading because uh, we're trying to the uh, Valley of Reading. Yes, yeah. we're trying to expand our presence in High 12. So um, the Commander in Chief Harry Hackman has been very supportive with us. Uh, he's promised to invite a lot of Master Masons to this event. We're going to pull in a lot of High 12ians from that area. And um, the Right Worshipful Grand uh, Senior Warden, uh, Larry Durr, will be uh, my featured speaker that evening, that nice. day, too. We know Larry well. Yeah, Larry was our district deputy. Um, and, yeah, so we, see, we, we get to see Larry a lot. Yeah, we do. Um, so needless to say, you're all invited to both events. Just let me know if you I did check my calendar. I know I'm available for one, if not both. Great. Um, I didn't check my calendar yet. <laughs> He's still hung up on the baseboards. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Larry, that jitterbug does not have that jitterbug phone doesn't have a calendar. He wants to know how the heat is. It's shady maple, probably. Yeah, I'm just shaking my head. Yeah, so we walk in. I walk in the studio, and there are three space heaters oscillating. In it's our like 94 degrees in here. <laughs> Larry's wearing a scarf <laughs> and a sweatshirt. And a sweatshirt. And he's cold. I'm cold. Larry, that that's. Uh, Maybe it's the icy hand of death. I don't know what's going on. 
So we get kind of dark here with Larry. Tough crew. Yeah. Oh, uh, so what else is going on in the Valley of Philadelphia? Well, as we said, we got our big reunion coming up here in uh, Saturday. We're going to do our uh, illustrious Sammy Davis pin presentations to our members. I, um, as Secretary of the Valley, I opted to have the certificate mailed out to all our veteran members because a lot of our guys aren't, aren't going to be able to make the reunion, but they're, the ones that are coming are going to get their pins. And we got a, There's a little bit of a rivalry in the Valley because we have uh, so many Army guys, so many Air Force, so many Marines, and so many Navy, and we have two Coast Guard guys, but you know, who counts those? Um, well, they're no longer in the Department of Defense. Any, uh, uh, well, actually, they were DOT until after 9-11, they became Homeland Security. Yeah. Yeah, so, so they're, yeah, they're all right. We got two Coasties in the Valley, and I always give them a hard time. You know, I say, you know, when you have a bad day at sea, you can walk home. But uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, we have, our, we have our rivalries in the Valley as far as the, the military services go. And, and I hate to admit it, but this Saturday, I got more Army guys coming than any other branch, which is fine. We'll do them. I got them listed alphabetical order, so they'll get their pins first, and then they can sit down and wait for the best, because I'm saving, you know, Navy's the last one, so we'll go up last. So. Now, you guys uh, do... Something a little bit different. Don't at the Valley of Philadelphia. Don't you do your degrees in a lodge room? In the round, we're in Gothic Hall where the where those commandery meets. We do it in the round. That's that. That's I've cool. I've not seen that. It sounds like that. Come is, out, and, come out and visit us anytime. We're normally on the third Friday, but we're starting to move. We're starting to gravitate towards Saturdays. Uh, so we're going to start. We're having like this this Saturday. We're doing some work, and uh, but we do it. We do our work in the round, and it's it makes for a unique experience. We just had. Um, Two years ago, we had the Valley of Chicago came out and did a reunion with us, and they did the 19th degree, and then we did the 32nd. And uh, matter of fact, your buddy Frank Lorene, that you guys were just talking about, mm -hmm. Frank did the Prince of Darkness part for that, which is, and we were, matter of fact, it was the night we went to Delaware for Fellowship Night. Mm -hmm. We went down to Delaware for Fellowship Night, and we stopped at a local uh, package store down there, and we went back to Frank's house after the meeting, and we're sitting there just sampling this taste of the stuff, and Frank's like, I really want to jazz up that Prince of Darkness part, you know, because we got this really unique well, costume. I have a second drink. Well, no, what we, <laughs> what we did was because the costume we got's got a big cowl on it, and we have the lights turned down at Gothic Hall. And I said, man, maybe if we could find some kind of like red glowing light type thing to put where the eyes are. Frank went out and found these red framed glasses, and while he's doing the part, these lights they come on, they get brighter, brighter, then they start flashing. It's it's really unique. I mean, but the. Yeah, he does that. He and that's, that's when we do a degree, Larry. I think you call them plays? Yes. Yeah, that's plays. what I, I remember you said that. Yeah. I see. I listen to you guys. <laughs> yes, you do. Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, we do our work in the round. It's, it's unique. I mean, we've had some uh, people from other, other valleys that come down, especially when we do the 14th degree. I've, matter of fact, I had some guys from Allentown one time sitting right in front of my desk. And when we did the Aroba, Wow, you know, we don't do that in our valley. We've got to sit and uh, watch the exemplars on the stage. Your whole class gets to be part of us. Yeah, go ahead, go out and get in the circle. We don't care, you know. Yeah, I just, I mean, I, I look at uh, our valley of, of Lancaster. We have a huge, big auditorium, and, you know, we'll fill up a few rows in this auditorium. And I just feel like the amount of, you know, unless, like, when people come from Harrisburg and Reading, the crowd gets a little bit bigger. But, you know, we could all pack into one of those lodge rooms. It would just feel a lot more intimate and a lot more yeah, well, powerful. Well, we're in Gothic, and Gothic is a big enough room, but it's also intimate enough where you know, we just put a new sound system in there, and it sounds great now, but um, it's intimate enough where it's not too spread out. Like when Chicago was here, we expected a big crowd, so they put us down in Corinthian, and we kind of got lost in that place. I mean, because even with the lavaliers, that sound, that ceiling in there, everything just goes right up. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm glad that we have Gothic Hall, because it's more compact. It's big enough for the, you know, to get a crew in there, a lot of people and all. And then we do get, we, we average about 
for our annual our, our monthly uh, reunions, we average anywhere from 125 to 150 people. Right. Nice. You know? Yeah, but we have a meeting on Friday nights. We also include the ladies, so the guys can bring their wife down for dinner. She has dinner with us, and then they have a ladies program while we're upstairs. We always have some kind of entertainment or something. It's always fun for them. And I, we've had, we've had ladies tell me a lot of times that's why he that's why he's at Scottish Ray because she wants to come out and see your girlfriends. So that's a good plus for us. And Rick, are you a New Jersey Mason? I do belong to a chapter and a commandery in New Jersey, but uh, for the most part, I'm in Philadelphia doing it. Okay, yeah, because it's just they're, yeah, I always wonder because their degree works just different than ours, and if you get see if you get confused. Well, this is New Jersey. What, is New Jersey recognized by our Grand Lodge? Um, yeah, it is, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> and we do have running water too. <laughs> Well, at least South Jersey is. I don't know about North, not the Soprano. Well, well, all bets, yeah, all bets are off. Well, you know, Larry's right to ask these questions because, you know, New Jersey is the one state you have to pay to leave. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, gentlemen, thank you so much for uh, being on. Um, you can stay with us. Um, we're just going to wrap up this segment, but we would like you to stay until the end of the show. Thank you for the opportunity. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Oh, and, fun. Uh, give us the High 12 website. Um, PAHigh12.org. Very cool. There we go. There's that sound, sound effect. Yes. All right. We'll be right back. Unlocking Symbols with Symbologist Michelle Snyder. Jack and Jill Unlocked. One thing that must be understood before we have an effective golden key is the process of palimpsest. This is a technique whereby old ink is scraped off papyrus and new writing put on, yet shades of the old writing always show through. Symbols and folklore also have layers, yet elements of the original story or image are still there. Recognizing these layers is an important process in decoding symbolism and extracting hidden information. Jack and Jill is a popular kid's rhyme. One version goes, Jack and Jill went up the hill to fetch a pail of water. Jack fell down and broke his crown, and Jill came tumbling after. Up Jack got, and home did trot, as fast as he could caper, to old Dame Dob, who met, patched his knob with vinegar and brown paper. According to Duncan Ensman, the broken crown does not refer to the royalty that lost their heads. This part of the poem is much older than those events. It merely means Jack hurt his head, the crown of the body. The end of this version is palimpsest. Jack runs home to his nursemaid to fix his boo-boo with vinegar and brown paper, and no mention is made of Jill. Vinegar and brown paper were used medicinally at one time. Paper is made from wood, and the immune system of wood continues to work, even after it is cut and processed. Thus, wood and paper kill germs, as does vinegar. The bigger question to ask is why they would go up the hill to get water. Water flows downhill. 7,000 years ago, it was known that the water from the chalk hills of Britain was very clean. The tops of the hills were shallow bowls in which collected rain and dew. The water in the pools on top was not clean. Birds pooped there. But the water that drained down through the chalk hill, a good filter, flowed out springs on the sides and was sparkling clean. Jack and Jill would have climbed most of the way up the hill to fill their buckets from these springs. Images that show Jack and Jill approaching a well are palimpsest. This ending in this version is closer to what the original would have been. Then up got Jack and said to Jill, as in his arms he took her, brush off that dirt, for you're not hurt. Let's fetch that pail of water. 
So Jack and Jill went up the hill to fetch the pail of water and took it home to Mother Deer, who thanked Jack and her daughter. This poem dates to the warm Atlantic centuries around 5000 BC. Children would have been tasked with fetching water, as is said in many old stories, and Mother would have been the recipient of the water, being responsible for the care of the home and those who lived in it. This wording suggests that Jack and Jill were not brother and sister, which many assume to be the case. Oral tradition also teaches character and principles. In this version, Jack gets up and tells Jill she's okay, and that they will keep going, teaching children to get up and try again. A good ethic to learn. Remember, peeling away and identifying the layers is a big part of the golden key. For more like this, read Symbology Revision, available online. Next time, we will uncover the secrets of the beauty and her beast. If you'd like to take a deeper look, be sure to check out Michelle's book, Symbology Revision. A link for purchase can be found on the Freya Foundation website. That's freafoundation.net. While you're there, take a look at some of Michelle's other works and find out more about the Freya Foundation and its mission to research and publish the Ensman Archives. It's time for the Lodge Business Brief with Brother Jim Stevens. Well, again, Masonic Light Podcast listeners, this is Jim Stevens with another Lodge Business Brief. Does your lodge have problems? If there aren't any yet, there will be some time in the future. Being prepared to handle them is critical to the success of any leader. In previous episodes, we discussed issue lists, agendas, and goal setting. Each of these are important steps to preventing and handling problems but at some point a problem will still arrive that needs to be solved. The business world is awash in books discussing how to solve problems. Many of them are just as valid as the others. One technique that I like is the 5Y technique. It was originally developed by Sakichi Toyota. You can Google 5Ys and find a great deal written about it and how to implement it, but in general, it works this way. The investigator needs to keep asking why until they have gotten to the root cause of the problem. You'll know you're at the root cause because the answer circles back to a previously provided answer or has a basic human element. It will take a few whys, not necessarily five, to get to the root cause. The key to success with this technique is to not imitate a two-year-old and just keep asking why continuously. What you need to do is ask specific questions starting with why and then listen to the answer. Then ask each why again in reflection of that previously provided answer. Then you will work on each answer in a proportional way as to the size and complexity of the problem. Slight improvements on each identified answer and cause will improve the entire situation. For example, if a lodge notice was mailed late, the first answer to why it was mailed late may be that it did not arrive at the post office on time. Asking why it did not arrive at the post office on time reveals that the print house had a machine break delaying the printing. Asking why the print house had a machine break resulted in the equipment is old and it's not well maintained. Asking why it isn't well maintained reveals that the owner doesn't want to pay for the preventative maintenance. In response to each of these answers, the lodge can decide what to do. For example, it could move the deadline up to the print house. It could create a system that works around the post office, such as email. It could change formats, use a different style of printer, change print house altogether, change formats, or it may ask the print house to invest in new equipment. Without asking the additional whys, we often stop at the first answer, and the problem keeps coming back. We need to keep digging until we find the root cause of each problem. Additional ideas on how to solve problems can be found in my book, 
Lodge Business, Theoretical Application of Entrepreneurial Business Practices to Blue Lodge, available on Amazon. This is Jim Stevens with your Lodge Business Brief. And we're back. Uh, so let's wrap up tonight's show. Uh, what do you guys got going on uh, coming up? Uh, anything beyond what you've already talked about? Uh, yeah, just maybe in your regular in your Masonic regular life. Masonic life. Uh, Rick, let's start with you. Well, other than the uh, quarterly coming up, I do have uh, a couple more presentations that we're doing in Blue Lodges for High 12. Uh, again, we do have the uh, Valley Reunion this Saturday mm -hmm. uh, where I'll, I'll be taking part in the 18th degree. Steve? Uh, this coming Tuesday night, you and I will be at uh, Temple Melita Chapter for uh, our past high priest and uh, veterans night. Yeah. Both Rick and I are both past high priests. That seems to be the, the key to a million more secret things. Yes. Like, once you're in Royal Arch, you can be a member of certain secret things that people don't know about. And then if you're a past high priest, yeah. there's even more secret things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, we have, down in Philly, we got the Joshua Association. That's, you know, if you guys have something yeah. like that here, yeah. yeah. We have that. And then uh, the, those secret things, well, I... I we They're both, not secret anymore. We both belong to late Masons and, right. and AMD and stuff like that, yeah. Larry, Larry are you, you planning on doing anything? Well, yeah, rehearsal tomorrow night for 17th degree. Larry, do you have a speaking part? No. Uh, so what are you going to rehearse? Uh, basically to know where I'm supposed to walk and stand. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, of course, reunion on Saturday. Grand Tall Ball in uh, York at the Country Club on Saturday night. It's one of those Masonic weekends. I have to ask, does the Grand Tall Ball have a height requirement? Height requirement? No. Okay. <laughs> Just checking. It's going to be a long So the York Grand Tall Ball is actually really cool. They meet at the York Country Club, um, and it's weird. Like, we, especially in Lancaster, we pick on York because it's like the, the, I don't know, the crappy little sister of, of Lancaster. But they have a country club that is old and is old-timey money. Okay. And it is old and crusty, and it is beautiful. And I wandered into the basement, um, into the, I guess it's the clubhouse um, locker room. And I was completely amazed because I don't make enough money to belong to a country club. So when I'm in a, I'm like looking around, there's every kind of aftershave you can think of. There's, uh, I was fascinated by the, like the Barbasol, like with the, uh, with the, the washers, combs. the combs and the blue washer fluid. Yeah. I'm just like, wow, I can comb my hair. Wow. I remember that you came up, you came upstairs later on with a new makeover. Well, yeah. Cause I had my hair all messed up. You have to tip somebody to get those. Though? Yeah. Then I, I came back up. My hair was like slicked back like Clark Gable. Nice. Oh, Josh, uh, do you have anything, anything going on? Uh, not between now and next show. No. Okay. Actually, uh, we all have something coming up before our next show airs, and that's uh, Uber Grotto on the 24th. Oh, yeah. Um, Anything special about this event? No, not really. It's just going to be uh, Jack's last one uh, before we uh, do our uh, voting. Um, but that's that's the big thing. Um, as most of you all had indicated, uh, involved in Scottish Rite this weekend, uh, the Valley of Harrisburg, uh, Friday and Saturday as well. Um, and then immediately starting in december uh it's election season for all the blue lodges around and 
Our own uh, Josh is going to be officially elected. Are you going to uh, install yourself? And uh, I think so. Yeah. Congratulations. So, <laughs> I have all the property. You're past master. You're not a past master, right? Nope. We have to show up for his uh, mm-hmm. special thing and make it fun. Make it fun. Okay, yeah. we'll try that. Yeah. My, that lodge outlawed fun in the 1800s. I I, I don't know. <laughs> Actually, if no, you want to come to a fun installation, come here. Yeah, yeah. for the past Effort master's lodge, degree six, here, they six, do a great five, job. Six hundred and sixty-five. It is the most fun installation ceremony I've ever seen. It, they do all the ritual part they're supposed to do. Uh, Don't spoil it. But there it's is fun. some Just fun. Say it's fun. There is some it's fun. fun. Educational. It yes. was very it's a learning experience. Remember, yes, I did go through past master's degree in London. That doesn't count. Doesn't count. You were in the wrong room. Larry fell asleep. You fell asleep Larry and fell woke asleep. up in the middle of it. Wait, you know Frank. <laughs> <laughs> It was a language barrier. I had no idea what they were talking about. <laughs> and if anybody has any free time in the next couple of weeks, I have, um, I think I counted 416 dues cards I have to send out. Oops. So uh, I'm trying to sell fruit baskets for the have, valley, for the have an envelope stuffing uh, party at my house. Lancaster Forest. All right, go. Larry, take us out of here. It's time to go. Cue the, Cue the chickens. Maybe. Hey. Hey, uh, special thanks to Everlodge665 for uh, continuing to make this studio possible. And we hope they will continue beyond. Uh, Larry, we paid our rent. Yeah, we did. Thanks to Josh Lambert, producer and director, who continues to make the show listenable. Thanks to Jack Harley, our news... Wait a minute. Who's Jack? Oh, uh, Jack. Jack's on leave of absence. <laughs> no news tonight. Jack is serving a one-game suspension. He's, in, oh. he's doing his one-game suspension. And to Tim Dedman, marketing director. Steve, you want to talk about <laughs> <laughs> marketing director for this show? <laughs> sure. What do you want me to talk? We will and, double Tim's uh, salary. To our Masonic-like contributors, Michelle Snyder and Jim Stevens. I have one, st- one thing for you. Don't do tell you, us that same guys, joke again. No, do any of you guys know why... Master Masons wear aprons. Go ahead. Uh, I have no no, Larry. Why do <laughs> Why do Master Masons, Masons, Masons wear, wear aprons? aprons? To hide their working tools. <laughs> uh, this is Larry Maris. Good night and thanks for listening. This is Tim. <laughs> that that was actually kind of funny. That was. <laughs> this is Josh. This is Rick. This is Steve, the communications director. I'm communicating. He's communicating. And this is uh, this is Pete, and I, we don't know where Jack is. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.